Well, good morning, everybody. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and in honor of it being Super Bowl Sunday and in light, we are going to have a game ourselves. We're going to celebrate a little bit, and this requires some crowd participation. Introverts, don't worry, I'm not going to bring you up on stage and like have you answer a bunch of questions or complete a bunch of tasks, but here's what we're going to do. Um, if you have kids, I'm sure you have at some point in time been faced with a would-you-rather scenario, um, or you've seen those questions on the internet. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play that game, and that is going to tie into our need today. But uh, if you would choose to do the first option that will be on the screen, I would encourage you to stand up. Okay, This is the second service, so I'd encourage all of us to stand up, be a part. Um, but if you choose the second option... I would encourage you to stay seated, okay? And I get with some of our introverts in the room, my wife's an introvert, so she'll probably stay seated the entire time, okay? Um, so I get it. So um, here are the options. First option of would you rather is this. First question, would you rather always have to sing instead of speaking or dance everywhere you went? If you'd rather sing, this is a stand-up option. I'm going to play too, so if my sit-down's going to, I'm going to get on my knees. But if you'd rather dance everywhere you went, Remain seated. Okay, we got a few singers. Okay. Wow. A lot of people have confidence in their singing abilities right now. I do too. So I'm going to stay standing. My wife would beg to differ probably. All right, let's see what 150 other people said about this. And it is dance everywhere. So if you chose to dance, you are in the majority. All right. So here's the second one. The second one, we got four. This is the second one. Would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night or sweat maple syrup? I'm going to choose spaghetti hair. And then I'm putting a big bowl of marinara on my nightstand. All right, let's see what the majority have chosen, 150 people from around the country. Spaghetti hair. We love food in this country, all right? Well, maple syrup is good, but I don't want to be sticky all the time. Let's see what the next one is. Would you rather have a horse's tail or a unicorn horn? Last service I chose unicorn horn. I had some time to think about it. I'm going to do horse's tail because I can hide it this service. So that sounds like I have one now. I'm trying to hide it now. Uh, let's see what the majority has said. Yeah, there you go. All right, so, and then the last one is this. Would you rather give up bathing for a month or give up the internet for a month? Which one would you rather do? <laughs> Unashamed. Oh, three, four middle schoolers over here. Yeah. Five. All right, there you go, there you go. I've been to plenty of middle school camps to know that if you're a middle schooler and sitting down, you lie. All right. So um, this, this is just a fun way to open up our service this morning. Hope you guys had a little bit of fun and brought some laughter. But this game simply is a fun and basic illustration to help us understand a need um, that we all have. Um, when we are faced with the would-you-rather situation, kind of like the moment we just had, we automatically start weighing what is going to cost us the, le the least amount of resources, effort, the least amount of sacrifice. We think about those things, right? And when we, think, when we play that game, we don't think about that 
It just, it's, it just happens. Um, and so I think there's a need. We apply that to the larger area of life. Um, and as Americans, I think that we are very, we're crazy about comfort. We're crazy about it. It's the society in which we live. We have a follow your heart mentality. You get what you want, right? You work hard enough, you'll get it. We, we, we have that kind of mentality. It's the American dream. It's the definition of the American dream. Chase after your dreams. Follow your heart. And so we chase after things that bring us comfort, right? We chase after things that bring us a momentary sense of self and identity, sustainability, right? We chase after those things. Um, and I'm not saying those things are bad all the time, but when Jesus is trying to call us into something greater, when Jesus is trying to call us into something bigger than ourselves, and we become numb and deaf to the voice of God because we're chasing things of the American dream, right? We, it comes bad for us. And Jesus is calling us into something greater. He's calling us into a bigger purpose. And so today, we're going to answer this question. What does following Jesus cost me? I ask myself that question all the time. When Jesus is calling me into something greater, I start asking the question, well, Jesus, how much is this going to cost me? Because I can give you some, I just don't want to give you all. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I want all of you. And we're going to look at that in Scripture. And this isn't something, opinion that I've made up or something that's come from my heart, though it's laid on my heart. This comes from the Word of God and what Jesus is asking from His followers. Not asking, but commanding from His followers. And so we're going to dive right in. We're going to be in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 34. I'm going to give you a quick briefing um, of Luke. The author is Luke, very intelligent dude. Uh, he's a doctor. So he focuses on facts. He loves to do investigative work. And so Luke's book is done with a lot of investigative work. A lot, asking a lot of people different questions and looking at different people's stories. And so the audience of the book is written primarily to Gentiles. So those who were not Jews. It was also written for the Jews, but primarily to Gentiles. And what Luke is trying to say to those who aren't Jews is, listen, the gospel message is for you too. So everybody, most majority in this room, the gospel is for you too. That's what Luke would say to those of us who, who are Gentiles. And his purpose is to prove to them, hey, gospel message is for you, just like we just mentioned. And so that's a little bit of our background to give us a little bit of context surrounding what we're about to read. And so we're going to dive right into truth number one. And truth number one is this, and you can take notes in your bulletin, is following Jesus means carrying more than you can handle. Following Jesus means carrying more than you can handle. You're saying, Chris, that's Sounds good, but where did you get that from? Let's go to verses 25 through 27. Um, the verses will be on the screen. It says this. It says, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father, their mother, their wife, and children, their brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So you look at those verses and you're like, wow, Jesus, those are strong words. Let me give you a little bit of the scenario. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. 
So all these people are following. They've heard about the miraculous works. They've heard about him. They know who he is. And so they're following him. And you think Jesus would be like, oh my goodness, look at all these people. This is amazing. No, Jesus isn't excited about how many people there are. He gets skeptical. Right off, the, right off the bat, he is not convinced that the majority there are there to follow him wholeheartedly. I guess if you would think of a, a celebrity of some sort. He's like, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. I'm not a celebrity. And I'm getting a little skeptical of why you're wanting to follow me. And so let me give you a little bit of insight about what that looks like. And so Jesus starts off by saying, if you don't hate your mom, your dad, your kids, your brothers, your sisters, and you're like, whoa, whoa. But Jesus in this moment isn't legitimately telling them to hate their families and their friends and their brothers and their sisters as that would contradict the gospel message, right? He's using a hyperbole. He's, being ex- he's exaggerating in, in, in his speech to prove a point that even your devotion to... Whoa, nails went everywhere. I'll fix that in a moment. But even your devotion to your family should never supersede your devotion to God. And then he goes on to talk about this whole idea of carrying the cross. And basically what he's saying here is with Jesus, a little bit of context, is on his way to Jerusalem to die. He's on his way to Jerusalem because he knows his time has come. And he's trying to tell these people, listen, are you willing? You really want to follow me? Because what I'm about to do is I'm about to go to Jerusalem and I'm about to get nailed to an old pine tree that, costs, that weighs 300 pounds and I'm going to have to carry that thing. You willing to f- still follow me? Are you willing to follow me and potentially be nailed to a tree with me? Are you willing to follow me and be tortured? Because if you are, then come along. And so he's trying to open their eyes to the reality of following me isn't like reaching out to a celebrity. Following me requires caring more than you can handle. Everyone meet Pastor Han. I don't know who Pastor Han is. Um, Other than the fact that he was a pastor who shared the gospel message with over a thousand North Koreans. And then Pastor Han, because of his faith, because of his courage and his boldness to share the gospel message with North Koreans, was killed for his faith. And one of the men that, were, that received the gospel message from Pastor Han and who decided to follow and devote their lives to Jesus said this about him. He said, Pastor Han gave his life but he gave hope to many other North Koreans and me. And despite the ever-present danger, many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. And we are blessed in the United States of America to not have to face physical persecution. But this is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Are you willing to lose your life for following And so my question to us is, is do we have a faith that's big enough to say yes in adversity? Do we have a faith that's big enough to say yes, even if it meant losing our own lives? Once again, in America, we are so blessed. But we have brothers and sisters around the world who are literally giving up their lives. And so what does that look like for us as Americans to follow Jesus and give up everything? Let's continue uh, forward. And so today... There may be somebody in this room who's carrying something heavy. Maybe for you, you are carrying the battle of addiction. And it takes over every part of your life. And you feel like you're just stuck. 
And you're carrying that. And you can't do it alone because it's crushing you. And Jesus is just saying, bring it to me. Maybe for some of you in this room, you're facing the threat of divorce in your marriage or you're going through divorce. And you're carrying that. And it's heavy. And you can't do it alone because it's crushing you. Maybe as a spouse, you have something to say to your significant other or to reveal a truth or a secret. And you know that it's crushing you and it's eating at you. It's a lot to carry. Maybe for you, you're struggling with anxiety or anger. Whatever it may be, you are carrying something heavy. And in this world that we live in, we carry heavy things, not because that guy is mad at you, not because he's trying to see if you fail or not, not because we're supposed to as Christians. Jesus, we carry things that are heavy to bring others into a thriving relationship with him. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense on this side of eternity. But what is it that you're carrying? And how are you responding to the heaviness that you are carrying so that others can come to know Jesus? Even if it's like Pastor Han and it meant giving up your life. Pick up your cross and deny yourself daily. Moving on, truth number two is this. Following Jesus means finishing what you've started. Following Jesus means finishing what you, what you started. And it comes from verses 28 through 30. It says this, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. And so Jesus starts off by trying to convince his, the, the people who are interested in following him or may not be there for the right reason, to convince them that it's going to take a lot to follow him. It's gonna, they're going to have to carry, him, carry a lot. But now he's trying to help them consider the cost. And he's saying the common sense thing to do is to sit down and figure out, do you have enough resources to build what you're trying to build? In this case, a tower. And a tower at the time was more of kind of like a tree stand or a farm building, not what we would think of as a magnificent tower. But he's probably speaking of something like a tree stand or, or something to that nature or a building on a farm. And so he's saying you need to consider the cost. He helps the crowd start by understanding this basic knowledge. And if you can't finish it because you're not willing to consider the cost right? Then your building will always be known as the one that Billy couldn't finish. And if your name is Billy in here, I'm so sorry. I'm sure that you are a great tower builder. But Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you've got to finish this thing. You've got to be all in. Are you willing to give it all to follow me? And at this point, I can see the crowd starting to dwindle a little bit. Oh yeah, this, uh, this isn't why I came um, I think I'm going to go this way. And Jesus is saying, if you're not willing to give it all, you're at the wrong seminar. That seminar's over there. And he's still skeptical. I can see the crowds dwindling, dwindling a little bit. He doesn't want us finishing half, halfway through because it gets hard. He wants us to give it all. Here's what I'd like for us to do. This might be a little awkward, a little weird. But we're going to show a video. And I want us to, to just participate in this. Um, and here's what I want us to do. This is a video that's trending on Facebook of a little boy who's in Taekwondo and he's trying to break a board. If you've seen it, you understand how powerful this video is. And his name is Phoenix. Okay? Here's what I'd like for us to do. 
the bottom of the screen will cue us and say his peers start chanting for him. I would like for us to chant Phoenix's name as if he's our son or our brother uh, or if, if it's somebody that you would be rooting for, a husband, a sister, whatever it may be, a wife. I want you to root for Phoenix and I'm going to chant with you once, it says, once his peers start chanting. Like for real. I know it's weird, okay? But it's going to come around, I promise. And then once Phoenix breaks the board, I want us to go crazy and cheer. Now, don't punch your neighbor in the face or kick a hole in the wall, okay? Keep yourself under control. But I want us to cheer for Phoenix. He'll never know this, I don't think, right? But I got a point to, to show us, to participate in, and let's, let's check out that video right now. Now I'm lightheaded. That's for you, Phoenix. That moment we just experienced together gives me chills because it's just a little glimpse of heaven. Finishing what you started, and you're going to carry some things that are heavy. You ever find yourself in a rut? I can't do it. And what it's like to have people surround you to chant your name. Can you imagine the angels of heaven and Jesus chanting your name when you're facing the battles that you're facing? When you're trying to break the stubborn board of depression? When you're trying to break the stubborn board of anxiety? When you're trying to break the stubborn board of addiction? When you're trying to break the stubborn board of divorce, relational tension, whatever it may be, can you imagine the angels chanting your name in heaven? And then you look around at the people in this room, and these are peers. These are the people that God has assigned to us, to each other, to cheer each other on when we face adversity. Because life is hard and it's difficult. Can you imagine Jesus, just like the instructor, sitting eye level with you, giving you step-by-step guidance to face your fears and battle the things that you're battling? And then can you imagine, thank God there's no pain in heaven, but when you get to heaven, all the angels tackle you. They come running down the... Road, the roads of gold, the streets of gold, and they tackle you because they're like, you finished it. You finished the race. You did it. And they've been chanting your name your entire life to beat the things that have been laid before you, not for your glory, but for God's glory and so that people would come to know Him. I imagine that. And 2 Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Those I can't do it moments. From here on out, when I started studying this, I was like, God, from here on out, I'm going to imagine and I'm going to believe that the angels are chanting my name and that you are rooting for me. And that through your word, you are face to face with me, encouraging me step by step because your word is a light into my path. And I believe that. Truth number three, as we wrap up, is this. Following Jesus... And this is a hard one because it's kind of like, what does this look like for us? Following Jesus means giving up everything. Following Jesus means giving up absolutely everything. With the tower illustration, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I did that last service too. All right, 31 through 33 says this. This is coming from um, the remainder of our verses. It says, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. 
In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Again, there's a little bit of skepticism here. And with the tower illustration, we remember that Jesus is helping them to consider the cost. Now we get into this illustration of war and battle. And I think at this point, Jesus, or I believe that Jesus is helping them consider the sacrifice. Consider the cost, but also consider the sacrifice. Because once you've started the war, you've made it, or you signed up to be in the services, you've made a conscious decision that you will die, right? Or can die. Some of my friends who are in the military, when they've gone overseas, my uncle, for example, when he's gone overseas, he said, he said nephew, I signed up to die. That's what I signed up to do. There was no other option. That was the sacrifice. He's like, thank God that I'm alive, but I went over convinced that I was going to die. And so Jesus is saying, consider the sacrifice. Because to follow me, it is not easy, and it may require you to give up your life. As we saw with all the majority of the disciples who lost their lives for following Jesus. The good news is, is that I love that Jesus is reminding us, excuse me, reminding us of this beautiful picture of Christianity, of an army that is fighting together in the midst of adversity. Yes, we're going to have to give up everything, but you are not alone. You've got your brothers and your sisters right beside you the entire way. And then you've got Jesus in the front of you, the left of you, to the right of you, and the back of you, protecting you, leading you, guiding you. The hard news is, is a battle is a battle nonetheless. And there will be times in your faith walk where you're on the battlefield and you're wondering, what in the world did I sign up for? And Jesus isn't saying, just don't walk away. Finish what you've started. There's a race that is laid out before you to finish. And it is, all, it is all for my glory. And I love you. And press on. Lead others to me. They need to hear the gospel message. I want people to know about my love. And the reality is, is that Jesus is saying, don't start the battle and walk away because it's hard. Can you imagine if a military serviceman was in the middle of a battle and it was like, well, this isn't what I signed up for. And they just turned around and walked off. Right? They knew what they signed up for. They go into the battle with the understanding of the sacrifice that is to be made. And so how is Jesus leading you to respond? And I want to show you this this cross illustration here. And Jesus said, carry your cross. Right? He wasn't being literal. Like You don't have to go home and build a cross and then carry it to your kid's birthday party or their basketball game or to work. Um, But what He's saying is, Carry your cross and remember that hardships are about pointing others to me. But he wants you to defeat those hardships. Like for instance, anxiety. This is a big one for me, and I'll be open and honest. I struggle with health anxiety really bad. And Jesus, as I'm studying for this, is reminding me of the cross that I carry is not about me. And so about a week ago, I went to intensive counseling for health anxiety. And that was my way of bringing my problems and my weight, my burdens to the cross. Because these nails don't do justice. The nails that Jesus received. But they're an illustration. And I think that they can show us 
that the nails that Jesus received on the cross is all that we need. The sin that He bore as a perfect man, a King, Son of God Most High, the weight that He bore, the universal sin of the world, was so much more heavier than the physical pain that He felt. We understand that Jesus became sin in that moment so that we could bring these things to the cross and so that He could help us find healing. Maybe for you it's divorce. Maybe for others it's anger. Maybe for you it's anger. Maybe for somebody else, you are in the battle of addiction. You feel like it has taken over, it's permeated every area of your life. You don't feel like you. You don't feel like the person that God has created you to be. And so you're battling through addiction. And my encouragement to you is, no, I've never dealt with any kind of substance abuse or any kind of addiction to a drug But my encouragement to you is there's no judgment here. Talk to somebody who's close to you. Come to me. That way we can help you seek the road to healing. Maybe for you, and I know that there are people in this room who have lost somebody recently. There are specific people in in this church that I know, that I work with, that have lost people who are dear to them, very close to them. And on this side of eternity, it doesn't make sense. It feels so early. But finish the race. Because when we enter on this side of, on this side of eternity, it doesn't make sense. But I imagine the angels tackling us when we enter into heaven, saying, well, and Jesus saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Getting that big hug, that bear hug, that dad hug. That's what I imagine anyway. And so here's what I'd like for us to do. And my question to you is, how is Jesus leading you to respond this morning? Because it looks different for everybody. And so in an act of surrenderance, in a posture of surrenderance, I would encourage us, if Jesus is leading you to respond this morning, would you lift your hands to heaven or hold your hands out in front of you just to say, Jesus, my life is yours. And I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us as a church. And I would encourage us to say, Jesus... I've considered the cost. I've considered the sacrifice. I want to follow you. I want to give it all to you. Not just pieces of my life, but all of my life. And when we fall down, because it's hard to do, when we fall down, He's always right there to pick us right back up. Because He loves us that much. So will you pray with me? God, we come into Your presence thanking You for the grace and the mercy that You give us every day. God, I thank You for sending Your Son. And Jesus, I thank You for Your obedience to die on the cross. I thank You for the challenging words that You give the the people and, and challenging them of what it looks like to follow You. God, I thank You for being a God that challenges us to be better. To seek new heights to live out the purpose that You've given us. God, I pray that whatever people are bringing to the cross this morning, that they would be able to visualize 
the finish line. That until we hit that finish line, that we would run with perseverance, endurance. God, that we would run with passion and that we would bring others along the way so that people can come to know You. So God, I pray that whatever cross that we're carrying this morning, that we would under that we would understand that it's not about us, but it's about bringing others to You. And God, may we lift that cross and hoist that cross up when we're carrying it to show people that You were the one who died on that cross for our sin and so that we would bring our friends and our family to know You. Jesus, we love You and we pray this in Your name, the only name that matters. Amen. And so take courage. Family and friends, take courage because through Jesus we are called to so much more. We are invited into the army of Jesus to fight the good fight and follow Him with unwavering devotion. The journey can be difficult. It will be difficult. And at times it will be lonely. But take a moment to look around. Not just your family, but take a moment to look at around the people represented in the seats in this room. Because this is our family. These are our brothers and sisters. These are the ones that we cheer on to finish the race. We need each other. Why? Because although salvation is free, being a disciple of Jesus costs absolutely everything. and We need each other in that race.